0: Welcome to the NRL Fantasy pre-season podcast positional breakdown part two. We're doing halves, centres, wingers, fullbacks in the podcast today. Chris Kennedy in the studio with Don Brock. Before we start, I will apologise profusely. I've been struck down by the coronavirus, so <laughs> any sniffling and snuffling and sneezing that you hear, I uh, there's not much I can do. I've taken as much codrill as a man can take.
1: I'll just move a bit further away down this desk. but um, I'll try not
0: to touch anything. Best of luck, Yes. <laughs> Let's get straight into it. <laughs> Halves to start with, uh, rounding out the top of the list, Jerome Luai, Panthers young, I'm set to take over from James Maloney. He is very cheap. Dom, mm. are we thinking he's going to be a cash cow or a bit of a dud?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was mm. much more confident a week ago that he'd be a cash cow, as you said. Was um, it two, the trial that did it? It was. So <laughs> he's 249 k It's almost base price, break even of, what, 16 17 or something. All he needs to do is score high 20s. Uh, to be a good fantasy scorer, but um, we already knew he wasn't gonna, wasn't going to be the dominant half alongside Nathan Cleary at the Panthers on the weekend. Cleary was great, and Lua didn't do very much against uh, mm. against Parramatta. So, yeah, he still needs to score a few points to to get there. It's um, obviously he's a decent chance of, of mm. getting mid twenties, ideally thirty and up, but. He's not going to kick the ball much. Um, He's not necessarily going to make a lot of tackles, so it comes down to probably attacking stats. And Yeah, if if everything goes through Cleary, then uh, Luai might not be the the guaranteed cash cow that we all thought. I can
0: see him having... Every sort of four to six weeks, uh, a 40, 50, 60-point yeah. game where he gets those attacking stats and then in between a few sort of teens games or there's some That's missed kind tackles. kind of been
1: his career so far. He had a huge game early on, yeah. but then games off the bench and then...
0: There was no pressure on starts. that game. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's definitely going to be targeted in defence, being a young half coming through. So... Uh, there are going to be some missed tackles to, to deal with. I can't see him being a, a cash bonanza, but yeah. from 249K, you must make a bit of money.
1: We're also fairly confident he keeps that number six spot. Well, that was my other point, because
0: yeah. Matt Burton's obviously in the frame. He's in the top 30 now, so there's nothing yep. stopping Ivan Cleary picking Matt Burton if uh, Jerome Lois struggles the first couple of games. Uh, I assume if he's not starting, he's not in the team, or so, certainly from round four or five onwards, yeah. when Tyrone May's available, because he'll be the utility. that He could even end up shuffle back to the bench in the early rounds if he struggles. With, yeah, with Matt Burton to come in.
1: I think at the very least, if you do pick him, try to get him in your 18 to 21 in your emergencies, yeah. not in your scoring 17, because I'm not expecting massive scores. But, you know, with all that said, he could get, you know, 28 or something average, which is fine to yeah. making 150 grand. So, yeah, a few question marks, but still probably a good cash cow option. Yeah,
0: I've certainly got him in that 18 to 21 yeah. region. I don't have him in my starting 17. I'm a bit worried about his scores, but he should make. Some cash, surely, from 249k. is in almost 40% of teams, not just the most popular half, the most popular player in yeah. fantasy at the moment. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty much all in the same boat if he does take. Uh, second on the list, just over 20% of teams, so literally half the ownership um, of Jerome Lui is Mm. Mitch Moses, uh, the most selected of the gun established halves. Now, I think you probably want a dominant half. Um, You can't Mm. afford too many guns in your 21, obviously, with the salary cap being really tight, but you probably want a gun half. And Mitch Moses is the one that I've gone for. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, it's either him or or Cleary. Um, Both are absolutely rock solid. So Moses was great last year. Um, We were both really... Cautious about him for most of the season because he'd never really been a fantasy force before. Mm. Um, it, it'd been too inconsistent. But last year he was the clear dominant half at his team, um, and then he led the league in uh, try assists, led the league in kick mid as well. I think um, scored a few tries, kicks goals. The Eels absolutely routed a few teams as well, which which helps. Um, what also helps on that front is Parramatta's draw at the start of the year is true, is fantastic. Um, so there's a lot pointing to Moses um, potentially getting some massive scores in the first few weeks. I'll just read through the first five or six rounds. They've got the Bulldogs, Titans, Cowboys, Dragons, uh, Tigers, Bulldogs again. So they're all bottom eight teams from last year. And then the Broncos in round seven who they beat by, what, 50 58. or something. No, Yeah, Yeah, so they could have seven, theoretically, big wins mm. to start the season. Um, and Moses tends to score well when the Eels win big. So, yeah, a lot to like there, I think. I mean, he's expensive, but you're going to get at least what you pay for, especially at the start of the season. And the thing is, he
0: probably will be cheaper than that at some point during the mm. season, but there's every chance he goes up a fair bit in those first seven rounds. Yeah, I can
1: see a lot of people who don't start with him. If he does have a, a massive first month, then just panic buying him and trying to buy him at...
0: Eight hundred, eight fifty. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. His piece, his price might peak early on. So, if you want him, it's probably now or or mid-season. Mm. It's potentially
0: the shadow of origin as well with Maloney gone. Yeah. Clearer you'd think would play. That leaves a, a few players jostling for that out of the spot. But Moses has that relationship. I mean, with Brad Fittler from Lebanon. In yeah, true. Last year,
1: and it could be the flip side. If it is ideal situation for fantasy, if he does have some massive scores in the first six or seven rounds, then there's going to be a lot of talk about him. Uh, Getting a blues call up as well, so. Yeah, you take, it, take the good with the bad in that situation. We'll see
0: what happens. Third on the list, 16% of teams, is Scott Drinkwater. Dual position of Allard half and wing fullback. He won't be the fullback at the Cowboys with Val Holmes recruited, but it's between him and Jake Clifford to partner Michael Morgan. But he does have that slight peck injury picked up uh, through the mm. trial, so we're not even 100% sure he's playing round one yet. Yeah, so
1: he didn't uh, play on the weekend. He was great in the nines, player of the tournament. Um, a lot to like. It's really mostly down to... Um, if he, gets, if he gets the nod or not over Clifford. They're both different kind of players. Drinkwater um, played fullback last year, was kind of a fullback at Melbourne but had played halves in juniors but more of a ball runner and Clifford's more of a old-fashioned playmaker, halfback type so it kind of depends what they want to go with alongside Michael Morgan. Um, if he does play, I quite like him as an option. He's got a lot of potential for attacking stats. Um, but kind of that slightly awkward mid-price, mid 405k. Mid um, what's that break even in the 30s, I guess? Yeah, he's... 20, uh, 28? It's good. Um, had a lot of scores that were less than that in his time last year. Playing at playing at the back, yeah. Um, so I guess the, the hope is that tackle counts and a few more base stats gives him a, a higher yeah. base and then any attacking stats come on top of that. Um, but yeah, un- until we see him in the round one team, list is a big question mark. The dual position thing is also handy yeah. if you're struggling to feel, probably more so at, at fullback, at wing of fullback.
0: Yeah, from 405, 405k, you'd think he'd go up uh, at least a bit, but whether he's going to be a reliable top 17 is another question. Yep. Guy in a very similar situation, AJ Brimson, also a dual position half and wing fullback, also in the 400s, a little bit more pricey at 162k. He's in just under 15% of teams. Played a lot off the bench for the Titans last year, but they yep. have that starting fullback spot shored up. But also, like Drinkwater, a little bit of doubt for round one.
1: Yeah, in doubt for round one, which is going to be a real headache. Um, you want everyone who you pick in your starting squad to be playing round one, ideally. But yeah, so Brimson, 460, a bit more expensive than Drinkwater, but um, for that you get more job security. He's pretty much the rusted on fullback um, this year for the Titans. Uh, he has scored really well at fullback in the past. I think he averages in the 40s at the back. Um, and, yeah, break-even is, is about 30, 32. So, yeah, really simple cut-and-dry case if he does play and if he does keep those 40 scores up. A lot of people are worried about the Titans draw at the start of the year, which is pretty bad. Um, yeah. But, you know, Brimson's good scores at the back in the past have been in a Titans team that, you know, they've never been world beaters in his times there. Uh, and they looked pretty good, the Titans in the trial game against Brisbane mm. last week. Charles and in the
0: Stone, nines, yeah, those, the nines I mean, yeah, nines is you know it's only the nines, et cetera. But um, you know they've sort of thrown the ball around a bit, which could suit AJ's game if they are going to play a bit more of an attacking style under Holbrook.
1: Yeah, I mean if he he can get run meters and tackle breaks without his team winning necessarily, it exactly. doesn't. It's not a one find. He's not a winger or something that really relies on uh, a lot of tries. So yeah, I can see a, um, a good option there. He's currently in my team. Sorry. I really want him to be picked for round one. Yeah, now.
0: that's the thing. Uh, number five on the list, Cooper Johns, son of Knights legend Matthew. He's in the storm system. They've had issues with their halves in the past. They've sold Brady Croft to the Broncos. We're currently thinking it's going to be Jerome Hughes with Monster in the halves, which means Cooper Johns doesn't play... The early rounds now I think he's probably a genuine chance of debuting through the season but I don't think I want to throw in a 228k half into one of my crucial 21 spots unless he's playing round one
1: yes agreed he's got a good name he's very cheap but uh, that's about it if he plays in round 13 or 15 or something it's not much use to you for the first 15 rounds yeah
0: so. pick him up then stick him. I agree. Uh, second of the out-and-out guns, Nathan Cleary. He's in 13% of teams. Um, slightly more expensive, but not much compared to Mitch Moses. 785k. Had a little bit of a struggle at times last year, but um, probably bumped that price up a bit with an absolute boomer in the last round.
1: Yeah, I really like him as a buy. He would be even better, probably much better if he didn't score 126 yeah. or something, 120 in that last round, uh, last season against the Knights. Um yeah, really solid option. Um, his base stats have always been good. He uh, runs the ball as well, gets a lot of tries, um, scored one on the weekend uh, in the trial against Parramatta. Um, and, yeah, the the big thing for him this year is there's no James Maloney, which means more responsibility goes on him, which probably means more kick meters, more try assists, presumably. Um, kicker goals as well. So, yeah, I, I think maybe the safest of the potentially underpriced halves Yeah, potentially. Um, Moses is is cheaper and, as I said, could explode at the start of the season. But Clear has got a really kind of um, straightforward path to high 50s scores
0: number 7 on the list just under 13% ownership a guy that I'm really warming to and I've now got in my uh, reserves list is Tigers playmaker Billy Walters son of Queensland great Kevin Uh, like his dad he's a 5'8th but he's going to probably potentially be playing in the hooking role which is uh, where his uncles were outstanding players uh, of their era only 246k he's had a taste of NRL in the past I think he played one game last year and was pretty impressive what are you making of Billy Walters
1: yeah I like him as well um The Tigers uh, hooker dramas means that they're currently turning to him as the uh, first choice option probably. He started at hooker in the trial uh, on the weekend. Um, He was very busy, um, made 30-odd tackles, but he did miss half a dozen as well. I don't know how much of that is just dropping off after he makes the first contact and then someone else gets involved and uh, he drops off. You know he does. He's the size of a half, so um, yeah, not necessarily used to making a ton of tackles in the middle. Um, he's also not going to play eighty minutes anytime soon. Uh, no. Josh Reynolds came off the bench and uh, gave a lot of energy. Um, dummy half, so he's a rival for that spot. Um, there's also job security issues. Even if they don't, you know, if the Harry Grant thing doesn't come off, they've still got Moses Mbai, who's currently injured, who could play uh, hooker. Um, complicating that is the fact they have. Um, three NRL quality centres in their team, and they only need two of them with Mbai, Mamorowski, um Joey Leilu, they're signed as well. So, presumably, two of them play in the centres. One either starts Hooker or comes off the bench. Then there's Reynolds as well. Then there's Walters. So, yeah, I'm not really sure how it's going to um, fit. Um, with Mbai and Mamorowski, uh injured at the moment, good chance Walters starts at least round one, but you really don't want to have him start round one then disappear in round two or three when they get back to full strength so a few question marks but he's so cheap um, a hooker at that price is really hard to turn down especially available in the halves well that's
0: the thing Um, just pick him on the bench from 246k even if he plays you know 50 minutes a week for the first six weeks, then you're you guaranteed what 100, 150k unless he really tanks with his, um, his tackles, so I think he's pretty safe by. Uh, next down the list is Luke Keary, 11.5% of teams, 589k. I guess the appeal here that's pushed him up is the, the retirement of Cooper Cronk, the fact he's going to be the dominant half, people are looking at potentially a few more kick meters, but hasn't been a massive fantasy factor in the past.
1: Yeah, he's one of those players who's obviously a great player, but not a massive fantasy scorer, Um, He and Kronk kind of split the points last year And that's probably going to be pretty similar this year With um, Flanagan joining the team Uh, I can see some upside um, But probably not enough to rival the best Either the best scorers or the biggest money makers I think he'll be in that between stage Where he'll make a bit of cash He'll score, um, I don't know, 45 or something Maybe close to 50 But he's not going to get the mid-50s And he won't make massive money So I'll be looking elsewhere
0: I'd actually be impressed if he averages forty-five plus. To be honest, he'll have games where he gets sixty-plus, but yeah. I, I can see him getting a lot of thirties I think last year him and
1: well. were both around forty, and I'm guessing it yeah. will be pretty similar with him this year.
0: Yeah, I don't see a lot of change there. I don't see enough upside to, to be picking him up. Um, going in a similar situation, Brodie Croft is next on the list, just under 10% ownership. Obviously the um, the move up to Brisbane, people are thinking he's going to be um, dominant half. But got to bear in mind, Milford at six was just about – He's right up there for kick metres last year. Great long kicking game. So I yeah. don't know if Brodie Croft's really going to pick up – you know, his price is pretty much based on 80-minute games. I don't really see a lot of upside there either.
1: Yeah, it was hyped a lot um, before last year, Croft as well. Um, uh High potential, but yeah, as you said, Milford gets a lot of kick meters generally. He was right up there last year. I think he was the leading um, kick meter eater the year before, yeah. um, maybe before that as well. Um, the one thing complicating that is on the weekend for the Broncos, and trials again don't mean everything or anything necessarily. Um, Croft really dominated the, the kicking, um, surprisingly, alongside Milford. So uh, Croft had just a tick under 300 kick meters. Uh, in his time in the field against the Titans, Milford only had 93. Um, Croft's fantasy scores was worth 51, um, Milford 25. So if it stays anything like that, I'm not really mm. sure if it will, um, then Croft suddenly becomes a, a genuine option if he's going to hit 50 points a game at his price. Uh, that would make him great, but it seems very risky alongside Milford. They really would have to have changed things around to, mm. for Milford to abandon his, his long kicks
0: this year yeah priced around 37 so like you said if he does keep that up there's there's definite upside but certainly some question marks there as well uh 10th most popular half is a dual position half wing fullback adam dewey who's gone to the west tigers slightly interrupted preseason in terms of managing an injury i think he came off the bench in the the last trial um corey thompson potentially is going to keep that starting fullback role which um then Adam Dewey, I don't know. Does he join the centre log jam? Does he join the bench utility log jam? Does he play a few games in Reggie's? It's a tough one. This
1: is it. He's one of those players who's really handy as he's so, um, got such great utility value, but it also means he hasn't got one guaranteed position. So, yeah, handy bench player, which is not great for his fantasy prospects. Um, really, you want him playing fullback, I think, to pick him in yeah. fantasy. Uh, Thompson's done the job for the Tigers before. Um, He's only new at the club, so maybe he'll move into that fullback spot later on. I mm. don't know. Pretty much, if he's not named at fullback in round one, then I think don't figure. Yeah, it'd have to
0: be at least in the starting team, and I think even I'd, starting centre, you'd, uh, you'd steer clear.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to get a starting centre spot either with those guys we mentioned no. earlier. So
0: uh, that's the top ten. Anyone else further down the list worth talking about? DC, Cole Flanagan, um, are in the top fifteen. I've
1: liked. Kurt Mann is an option. I was going to say he's
0: much less popular than I thought he would be. Yeah,
1: so he's under five percent of teams. I can see why he hasn't been a good fantasy scorer in the past, but that's the reason why he's so cheap this year. So yeah, um, break even's twenty four um, at in the halves. I think he's scored about forty in the past. <laughs> so that would be fantastic if he hits thirty five and he could just be busy yeah. with tackles um, and, and just about get there. Uh, that would make him one of the Better early season Cash Cow. So, um, job is man's probably biggest issue. They've got Mason Leno, they've got Phoenix Crossland, um, Connor Watson can all play six. Uh, and yeah, he's not going to be the dominant half. It could be a little bit of a Luai situation with Mitch mm. Pearce being the clear role of doing everything, Ponga as well. Um, but man's really there just to, I think, do the basics. Make his tackles. I think his defense is probably the reason why he's going to get the nod at at the start of the season. So, if he gets through a a bit of defense, makes a few runs, gets the odd assist, that should be enough to get up to 30 and up. So, pretty solid cash cow option, I think.
0: Yeah, he's in my uh, reserves list uh, currently. Way down under 3%, Sean Johnson, 785k. It's uh, for one of the the gun halves of years gone by. He's been an
1: absolute fantasy star in the the past, Um, wasn't there last year. Uh, so, his price has probably dropped a little bit because of that. Um, hasn't really fully clicked, I guess, in his time at the Sharks yet, uh, but could happen. Um, gets a lot of kick meters, goals, tries, assists, tackle breaks. Yeah. like um, I can see him getting scores in the 50s and, and no one having him. So. Yeah, interesting left field option. I guess he hasn't got the upside of those of Cleary and Moses at the start of the year, so I can see why not many people are going for him. is yeah. the other one. Cherry Evans has always been among mm. the best one or two halves, uh, but he's pretty much priced at what you what you get. Yeah, exactly.
0: Let's move on to centres. Then we'll start. We're going to have no one left by fullbacks once we get all these DPPs <laughs> out of the way. It's a centre winger fullback to top the list. Zach Lomax from the Dragons has had a few good performances in the past, a few dud performances as well, but looks to have shored up that starting fullback role, which is obviously the appeal there for fantasy punters. Thirty-one point seven percent of teams, three hundred and eighty-nine K. So he's what's that? An average of about
1: twenty-seven. Yep. So definite upside there. What are you? What are you thinking? Yeah. Again, uh, last week's trial mate have turned a few people off um, the previous week uh, against the Knights, he had a good trial he had a couple of try assists, a couple of tackle breaks kicked four goals um, scored close to 40 points uh, in his time in the field, but in the charity shield he was much quieter, um, 12 fantasy points um, which is concerning so he's another one of those guys who's been really popular in fantasy uh, in the preseason, but um, people are now worried he might not actually get the scores to make any money so the basics are there. He kicks goals, fullback. You want him running the ball probably more than he did uh, mm. on the weekend, um, breaking a few tackles. The assists and stuff are nice, but you really need the base stats to get um, decent scores. Twenty-seven is a low break-even, but it's not like he's a base price, you know, fifteen break-even mm. kind of player. So you need to get high thirties for him to be worth it. Um, the dual position thing is maybe his biggest. You know, strength. Um, Mm. You can put him on the bench or put him in any of those spots at the back. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence whether he's going to stay in my team come round one. It might come down to what other cheapies get picked. Um, But, you know, I can't see him going backwards in price at the very least. And yeah, that's he true. Make some money.
0: Centre's just such a wasteland as well that a yeah. dual position starting fullback's probably a, a high Pretty appeal option. option. Yeah. Uh, second on the list, Latrell Mitchell, probably the most talked about man through the preseason. He's at almost fifteen percent of teams. Um, he's probably going to lose goals, which is going to be a yeah. um, you know drop in what six or eight points per game. But people are thinking some extra involvement
1: at fullback. Yeah, so he really needs to run the ball a bit more if he's going to um make up those lost points in goals and probably tackles as well playing fullback. Um if he does, you know, he's one of the better ball runners in the game. Um can obviously do just about everything. Uh so the potential's there. He's priced at about 45. So I can't see him getting any better than that, but at the very mm. least if you buy him now, that's one centre spot locked up and you probably just keep him for the rest of the season. I can't see him scoring much lower than 40, so He's probably a keeper. Um, nice and safe, just won't necessarily make you money like some other, or most other names on this list will.
0: Yeah, for 661k, it's a lot of money on a, uh, a centre. He's, yeah, he's, he's currently good. single position, but um, he'll be dual position for round one, assuming he's named at fullback. Yep. Third on the list is a cheapie, Tommy Talao, who I don't think he even got to mention when we were talking about Tigers yeah. centres a minute ago, but he's he's probably a guy who's going to come in through the season and, and stake a claim for one of those spots, but maybe not for round one.
1: Yeah, the, the signing of Joey Lelua really pretty much wiped out Talao's um, chances of uh, getting a starting spot in round one, the fact Mamorowski is not going to Melbourne as well. Um, a lot of people have gotten excited about him in the preseason season uh, because he's a, a big potential kind of player and he's very cheap, but yeah, I think he's, what, fourth choice uh, centre at the moment. So, mm. um, And even with injuries to Embai and momorowski I'm not sure if he necessarily gets much of a run, so... I uh, want to keep an eye on for later on if he comes in, but I think he'll drop out a lot of teams before round one.
0: I agree. Tony Stags is one of the, I guess, the just genuine center options—a yep. guy who you'd pick at center, who actually plays at center. Four uh, hundred seventy-seven k's in eleven percent of teams. Uh, good attacking player. He can produce some big scores. Break-even of thirty-three. Um, I guess his quiet games are a bit of a concern as well.
1: Yeah, so he had a few bench games at the start of last season, um, so he scored 37 when actually playing at centre, playing for 80 minutes, uh, surprised so at 33, he's a little undervalued Just if, even if it just matches last year's uh, performances, mm. um, he's still very young, obviously he can improve, if he does that he could push towards 40 and he's... a Decent chance of getting the goal kicking as well. Um, mm. Jermaine Azaco, who we thought yeah. was going to be fullback, is now uh, almost certainly not. Jack Bird's got that, and he might not make a wing spot as well. So, if Stags are kicking goals, like, as in if is not in the squad, then um, then yeah, he's a pretty solid option. He becomes probably a keeper candidate. Um, priced at 33, could score 40 and up. So um, yeah, I want to keep an eye on for mostly. <laughs> whether Azarko's there or not I think in that 17 for the Broncos.
0: Yeah, that's a good point in 5th place Jared Croker um, ticks a lot of the same boxes um, fairly reliable scorer, 507k he hasn't scored quite as well recently as he has in his you know, peak yeah. fantasy scoring years but um, should be good for a few big games especially if they don't focus quite as much to the right now that and yeah, that's have a good point, I haven't really
1: factored that in um, those two moving on um, I guess that's the Biggest thing going in his favour. He's always been solid. Um, Average 35 last year, has averaged 40 in the past. Hasn't mm. really gone much higher than that. Um, very often you can score a try. Um, base numbers are pretty good, but I think you'll probably get a mid-30 score if you get him, so I'll be looking elsewhere.
0: Yeah, same here. Bradman Best uh, currently injured and will mm. be for at least, what, the first two to four rounds, thereabouts, probably misses the first month. Still in 10% of teams, 325k. He's a a breakout star in the making, but Mm. um, probably not from from round one.
1: Yeah, this is one of those injuries that really hurts the fantasy planning. Um, Shield position, cheapy, 325k, break-even of low 20s, um, can probably score mid-30s based on the little we've seen of him. He's, He's still only 18, but... Um, big body, fast, can break tackle so a potential big scorer in the future but the fact he's going to miss the first few rounds um, short of Picking him and using him as like a loophole or something in the first few weeks, I think you're better off waiting. He, he might be one of those guys to cash down to when you get rid of your cash cows a month or, or six mm. weeks into the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's a good point. Uh, next on the list, Sam McIntyre, dual position. Back row centre from the Tigers. We're not expecting him to play around one and I'm no. not expecting him to be in 10% of teams when the, the season kicks off. Exactly. Pass on him. Mm. Uh, Joey Manu, 503k. Uh, he's in about 7.5% of teams. Um, a great player. People mm. thinking potentially he's going to get a bit more involvement in the Latrell post-Latrell era. Must
1: be it, yeah. So the Roosters don't really know who their other centre is at this point. They've played uh, Angus Crichton in the World Club Challenge. Mm. Um, they've got Mitch Orbison they could use, who's really solid but not really an attacking weapon. They're still trying to get um, Morris from Josh the Sharks, Morris, Josh yeah. Morris. So uh, yeah. So with all that, um, all those question marks, decent chance they use Manu more often than not. Um, yeah, so again, like Croker, similar price, scored mid thirties. It's really only if you think you can make that leap up into the forties, in which case he'd be a keeper. So um, you're not the worst shout. Um, mm. That's all I've got. I think, <laughs> I think I think Stags might be a little better as he's a bit cheaper, yep. up with some more upside, but wouldn't be surprised if Minor scored low 40s.
0: Yep, same. Uh, ninth place on the list, Tao Tao from the Newcastle Knights in 7.5% of teams. has uh, He's been the next big thing for eight or nine years <laughs> now. And so many injuries and a, the odd sort of false dawn in terms of a big fantasy game and then a whole run of quiet scores. I'd absolutely, you know, even last year I was already previously burned and, and steered clear of him. I certainly yeah. might be getting him this year.
1: Yeah, unsurprisingly, he missed the trial on the weekend. Um, <laughs> Uh, The Knights' centres are actually really interesting this year. Again, they haven't really replaced um, what they've lost, but there's a lot of options. So uh, Munger didn't play. Um, Shibasaki did play when we Mm. get to... I might mention him now rather than later on, um, and was uh, quite good against, albeit the Roosters' reserve grade team. um, Scored in the 40s. Um, Inari Tawala who's a recruit from the Cowboys, started as well, so... Um, they're all pretty cheap is what I'm getting at. So is mm. under 300k. Um, Shibasaki's just above that. while about the same. So um, they've all got break-evens around 20, low 20. So whoever whoever does start um, best included when he gets in, um, if one of them becomes a, a even just a solid low to mid-30s scorer, they're going to make a lot of cash. So uh, it's a team to look out for in round one. I don't know if Tato is going to be... The guy, but he's, he's the cheapest of them, so it would be a pretty good option.
0: Mm. Rounding out the top ten is Jack Bird, the guy who appears mm. to have that Brisbane fullback job sewn up to start the season. Made a lot of cash at the start of last year. He was coming off, um, you know, a long-term injury. Breaking heaps of tackles, breaking five and six tackles a game. Unfortunately, that means that he starts uh, fairly expensive at five hundred and sixty-one k. But if he stays fit and plays fullback, for me, there's a lot of upside there.
1: Yeah, so he could easily be the top scoring centre in inverted commas in the in the comp this year. Um, Break even thirty-nine, but at fullback he could. You know, he's a good. He's, he breaks a lot of tackles, as you said, so he could score upwards of 45, close to 50. If he scores around 50 points, he, I can't see many other centres matching yeah. out this season without the Batemans and Nakora types available um, at centre like they were last year. Um, you snapped him up pretty early in our uh, live draft last week. Um, listen to that yeah, podcast if you like. So uh, I, I thought... did need a centre and there wasn't much on that Yeah, but I didn't know if you had him in your in your team already by that point.
0: Yeah, I've got him in my um, in my classic team to start the yeah. year as one of my two centers with Lomax. So don't know, I might change my mind before round one, but I, I see some upside. It Costs there. a
1: bit, but he's probably yeah, he's up there with the the elite options. Is he cheaper than Latrell Mitchell? Yes, he is. Yeah, significantly about hundred grand 100K. cheaper. So yeah, probably a better option than Latrell for that price. Yep,
0: uh, that's the top ten. Anyone else in the next sort of ten or so names? Five hundred k for Joey Leilua, Five hundred k for Mitchell. In inverted commas never by Mitchell Orbison, Orbison who might be a yeah. starting 80 minute back rower if Angus Crichton's playing in the centres. I mean who knows
1: if he if, he, if, if, that, if we didn't know Mitchell Orbison's history <laughs> and there was a player <laughs> in that situation then I'd strongly consider it but he's been moved around so many times. The Roosters are chasing a centre from yeah. uh, another club which would bump Crichton back to the presumably starting second row and then Orbison to the bench I don't know. Um, I I won't be getting Orbison, but I I imagine a lot of people will, especially if he's named in the 11 or 12 jersey next week. Yeah, Um, A kind of left field one, (laughs) Callum Watkins at the Titans.
0: Do you know how long I spent looking at his name, contemplating putting him in my team
1: for? So last year he was, um, I think, bad is the best way to describe what he was. That's generous, yeah. Yeah. he arrived from England halfway through the season. Not the best way to start your NRL career. Yeah, he was um, coming off an injury. He was underdone. He's... Coming off an injury, playing for the Titans, who were already struggling badly. Um, they continue to struggle. He missed a lot of tackles. He didn't score many points, so he's quite cheap. Uh, this year he's in that Bradman Best kind of low 300k uh, price bracket, break-even of 22 Um on the weekend against the Broncos, the Titans had this pretty excellent comeback win um, from 16 nil down, I think, 18 nil down, mm. something like that. Won pretty comfortably in the end. Um, yeah, Watkins had more than 100 meters, 118 meters, three tackle breaks, a try assist, 14 tackles, just the one missed tackle, which was maybe the most notable thing. Yeah. Um, and this was against a pretty full-strength Brisbane lineup. Uh, yeah, so that thirty-four points. If he averaged that, he would make more than one hundred and fifty grand in fantasy this year. So a a lot to like there, apart from the fact he did not look good at all last season. So yeah, a bit of a gamble option, but in there, you know, with those night centers and that, those kind of players who aren't quite rookies but are quite cheap, um, maybe worth a gamble.
0: He's only in 2.5% of teams. I think he's a better option than a lot of guys who are currently in more teams than that. Mm. So, not saying he's by the season, but certainly one to consider. Any other centres from the outside the top 10 before we move on? Uh, I think that will do. Centres are rough. That's, that's such a tough spot this <laughs> year. There's no uh, John Batemans and Britton Nicoras, yeah. unfortunately, this year. Uh, moving on to winger fullbacks. Um, Zach Lomax, the most popular one we've talked about. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen, second on the list. Uh, 600k. In almost 30% of teams, now obviously people are looking at the fact that he played off the bench so much last year. He had some 10 and 15 minute games, but was so dynamic when he got on. I guess the question is, what can he do in 80 minutes? Can he keep it up?
1: Yeah, so in his 80 minute games when he did start last year, I mean, he scored a try in almost all of them, um, which is probably unsustainable, but... Was pretty amazing. I think he averaged in those games like high 60s or something. Like just, yeah, just it was stupid absurd. numbers for for a fullback. I mean, he's he was close to a point a minute as a fullback, which is something that normally front rowers do. Yeah, play 40 minutes a game. So uh, his numbers were, were crazy. But his break even is 41 this year, um, which you know makes him very affordable if you think he's going to be a keeper. So if he averages yeah. 50, then he's one of those players who ticks the cash cow slash keeper bracket. You know, you keep him all year, and you get him for much less than other guys um, who will score those kind of numbers. So it's really only if he declines, or if teams kind of learn to shut him down, or if the tries dry up. I can't. I still can't see him dropping much in price. He's so fast. Yeah. He's so elusive. I feel like he's going to break tackles most games. Um, uh, yeah. So I think uh, pretty safe, pretty safe option as a pretty big money. Yeah. Feedback. The start twenty
0: twenty. Yeah, I don't think he'll drop money. It's just whether he turns into a cut price keeper or someone you need to phase out later on. I think you probably only get one of him, Tedesco, Travovitch, and, and Holmes. We'll talk about those other guys in a minute. But Stafford Toa from the Newcastle Knights is the third most popular on the list. He's
1: in that real backline logjam. I don't
0: see him playing yeah, round one.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to play either. Um, Heimel Hunt, who can play in the centres, looks like he's going to play on one wing. Edric Lee has the other wing spot at Newcastle, so yeah. short of injuries, I don't see Stafford getting a spot
0: fourth most popular is James Tedesco, the best player in the game, 870k, uh, is in roughly one in five teams, Um, probably going to do pretty much what he did
1: last year, you'd think? Yeah, he's fantastic, Um, I'm a little surprised seeing him in so many teams, Um, I don't think anyone I know has him, just because he costs so much and you have to spend the money somewhere, but yeah, awesome player, Um, averaged close to 60 last year at fullback, which is crazy, that's something Jared Hain did once. Um, Yeah. I think it's the second best season as a fullback in fantasy ever, so um, pretty amazing. A decent chance he declines a little bit and is still excellent, in which case you're paying absolute top dollar um, for someone who might get 55, but... Um, yeah, at least you lock down that spot. You're never going to trade him out. You want him eventually, but whether you can justify
0: it for round one is the exactly. question. Yep. Next most popular in almost 20% of teams, Valentine Holmes, back from the NFL to reignite that Cowboys back line. Now, 600K, he's priced at about 41. He'd have to almost match
1: his best ever fantasy season just mm. to stay where he is. Yeah, he's a little pricey for someone who's just come back um, from uh, a year out of the game. Uh, but he did have a really good run at fullback in the second half of his last season at as a shark. I think That's he true. Averaged 47 or 48 in that run. So if he does that, obviously, obviously he's good um, value. Probably still not quite as much as Pappenhausen, who's exactly the same starting price, but probably more likely of scoring 50 and up. So uh, if you have to pick one of those two, I think I'm still going Pap. I'm
0: going to certify Valentine Holmes as a trap. He's my official trap. official trap for 2020. Like Next on the list is Dragon's young gun, Tristan Saylor. Not as big as his old man, yeah. but certainly evasive. Not sure how he fits into that Dragon's back line. He's probably a fullback. I don't know if you can really pick him on the wing when you've got a towering presence like Jason Saab and more established guys like Jordan Pereira yeah. to choose from.
1: I don't even think Saab gets a run. So Saylor is even further behind the pecking order. He's not big at, you know, the... The um, focus on big wingers these days, especially with the new rule you know, change, yeah. rule change about um, scoring from bombs. So and yeah, as you say, he's a fullback. He's a bit of a five-eighth as well. They have um, uh, those positions locked in already. So I think he's a he's a backup at this point. I wouldn't pick him.
0: Yep. Uh, seventh on the list got Drinkwater, We've already talked about. Yep. Eighth on the list is Tom Travojevic. Now he is in my team. I see a bit of upside there at six eighty-seven k. Uh, he did have a few quiet games last year, and obviously serious hamstring issues, and then finished up with a, a torn pec as well. But he's been back in full training pretty much the whole off season. One of the most dominant fullbacks yeah. in the game can tear teams apart on his day, make lots of meters, break lots of tackles, score and set up tries. He's actually, an underrated ball player. He's quite high on the try assists yeah. year to year. What do we think there? Six hundred and eighty-seven k's in fifteen percent of teams, break even of forty-seven.
1: Yeah, he's um, he's obviously one of the the top four or five fullbacks in fantasy a lot of injuries last year as you said um he can have a quiet game as well for someone who's mm. that who can be that dominant um he can do pretty much everything on the footy field obviously but sometimes he doesn't uh you know he doesn't get the try assist doesn't um get as many tackle breaks as you'd expect his run mate always pretty good but um yeah so not quite as reliable as someone like Tedesco although he's much cheaper than Tedesco this season um yeah, I don't mind him at all, obviously. I'm um, just checking if he's stats at fullback. Yeah, so for 80-minute games hit last year, he averaged 52. He's priced at 47, so a bit of value there. Um, and one of those guns that he can pretty much lock up for the whole season if you get him in round one.
0: Yep. Uh, ninth place, uh, A.J. Brimson, we've already talked about, rounding at the top 10. Xavier Coates, who appears to be in the process of dumping Jameen Izarko out of the the first-grade
1: team. Yeah, pretty stunning. Um from Grace from Azarko, but yeah. you know, in the last few months, we all thought he'd be playing fullback, kicking goals. Um, this would be, you know, his season to break out, and uh, has been not great in the pre-seasons, uh, you know, on the field in the nines and and the trials. and Coates might get the spot. Uh, Coates is very cheap, two forty six k. He's a winger, so that can be a bit risky in terms of fantasy points. Yeah, what
0: did he played one or two games last year. He was very
1: quiet um, in three games. Three games. But average, under eighteen. So yeah, uh, you want you want better than that. You really you need you don't. to sort, of, um, you know, mid twenties to be to be worthwhile. So I'm not quite sure. But you know, players are going to improve. He's still very young. So. Yeah. He'll need there. tries,
0: but um, yeah, he won't be a top-tier cash cow, but at 246k, if he's playing 80 minutes, there's, there's value there. Yep. Uh, that's the top 10. Anyone else you want to talk about? Ponga and Tuabasa both outside the yeah, top 10. Yeah, so most Ponga's popular. at 11.
1: Um, I quite like him, a bit similar to Draboyevich, in that he's quite pricey already, but room to improve. Um, he averaged 49. His break-even's 51. Uh which is a little disappointing, I guess, if you wanted to get him. But, uh, yeah, he was pretty quiet at the end of last season, especially, and in mm. patches during the season, uh, copped a lot of criticism um, with the after the hype that uh, preceded him in the in the year or two before that. Um, but if things click, the Knights got a new coach, um, uh, Mitch Pearce was kind of off his game for a lot of last season as well. If he and Ponga really click, uh, Ponga can be kind of anything. He'll be kicking goals as well, you'd think, unless Leno gets that 5-8 um, spot, yeah. which doesn't look likely at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Ponga hits 55 points a game or maybe better.
0: Scrolling further down, I don't really see too much of interest other than potentially Caleb Aikens at 335k. He's yeah. going to be in for what we think about six rounds till... Dylan Edwards is back there around thereabouts.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, very cheap. Um, if he plays six weeks, that's probably enough as a cash cow to hit you know, mm. peak price or close to it. Um, yeah, really solid option. Has been pretty good in the past. He wasn't great in the trial against Parramatta in the weekend. Um, he's was worth eighteen points that game, which is a bit uh, scary. Uh, we are. Try not to read too much into one-off trial games, I suppose. But, um, yeah, the potential's there. If he gets six weeks playing fullback and gets big metres, a few breaks, maybe a try or two, he can easily make some money.
0: Drans uh, out all three of our top tens for today. Uh, might have had a handful of Twitter questions, so we'll dive into those. Uh, one that came in earlier from Bully Woolly asks, um, Listen to the forwards podcast last week. Now I'm wondering on wingers fullbacks, which two would you pick from Pappenhausen, Holmes, Ponga,
1: and Norfoluma Hmm, interesting. For probably Pappenhausen and uh, Ponga, based on what I've just said. Yeah. <laughs> um, Norfeluma is uh, not a bad option. Really good tackle breaker. I think he's priced at about what he's going to.
0: There's no upside. Yeah,
1: what he's going to do. He'll be good. He'll be a borderline
0: keeper again.
1: I mean, that. he could. There is some upside, I suppose, if um, he's going to be playing outside the. Lay Lewis, yeah. I think, and Benji's side of that um, Tiger's back line, which suddenly yep. looks electric. So um, maybe he gets a ton of tries. Um, but short of that, I'd probably go the other two. Yeah, I agree on your,
0: your tier ranking there, Pappenhausen and then Ponga. I've already declared Holmes a trap. <laughs> um, I'd be impressed if you could fit both of them in. You're going to be compromising another position if you pick both Pappenhausen and Ponga from the start. But, mm. yeah, they're my top two out of those four. Yep. Um, Dylan writes in, are uh, Kurt Mann and Scott Drinkwater good options to make some quick cash? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, pr- pr- maybe. <laughs> so I'm I'm preferring Mann at the moment. It's mm-hmm. an odd one. Drinkwater's got more upside. I, if one of is going to average 50, I'd be more... Uh, I'd expect Drinkwater to be that guy. But yeah. um, Mann's probably a safer option to ave- average close to 40. So... Um, both pretty good it really depends on you know how many cheapies like real cheapies get named mm. uh next week and on team list tuesday if there's a few 228k guys or whatever the cheapest price is then look to them instead but um if not get yeah one or both of those are you looking at those two
0: uh, i think i've currently got both of them yeah. um whether it stays that way i'm not yeah. sure i'm not yeah, not entirely sold on either man's just so cheap that even if he doesn't Go great. There's not a lot of risk yeah. in terms of being stuck with him. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, drink water. Obviously, has that injury cloud as well, which is a little bit tricky. The one concern with man, I think, is that I think he's going to be a slow burn cash cow if he does yeah. do well. Some, you know, wingers can get you know, a hat-trick in round one and, and their price rockets up immediately, whereas I think Man will be a bit of a, a slow burn and hopefully he stays around long enough, at the very least in that starting team, to, to make decent coin.
0: Yep. Alessandra Taloka has a bit more of a strategy question than a specific player question. What do you think is the best halves combination? Do you want a gun with a mid-ranger, two
1: mid-rangers, a gun with a cash cow, etc.? I don't know if there's one simple thing. As I said, if, if there are a bunch of cheapies next week like surprise cheapies, then I'll be seriously considering a Cleary-Moses gun-gun halves combo for round one. Interesting. Um, Those two are probably who you want long-term, you know, Mm, those those two and DCE. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, and I think they'll both improve this year. So um, if you can do that, we're still having a decent team. That's very good. Otherwise um, the whole split between mid ranges and cows, it's, I don't really think about it like that. I just think who's going to make the Mm. most money. So if someone's, you know, 400 grand, but is going to jump to 450, that's better than someone who's 250 is going to jump to, you know, 300, Mm. 350. So, um, yeah, it's it's more down to the players. Uh, At this point, I've got one gun and someone cheaper.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I've got Mitch Moses and Billy Walters at the moment, but I could change 100 times between now and round one. But I just think with the cap the way it is and a few cheapies and mid-rangers on offer, I think most people are going to end up with a a gun and a cheapie uh, to start the season in the halves. Um, Dom writes in, is Brodie Croft a good point of difference option?
1: If he he keeps all these kick metres, then (laughs) yeah. But I've got no idea. So... um, it, it comes down to how much you read into how the Broncos played in that trial. They could have just said for this game, Croft, you're you're running things. You haven't played with us before. Go for your life and Milford take a back seat. And then when round one comes around, they might go back to yeah, more of an even split. Mm. Um, if Croft doesn't get most of the kick meters, I don't think he necessarily has that much upside. Yeah. So I won't be having him at, starting with him at this point, but if he hits a few 50s to start the season, I might snap him up then.
0: Yeah, I'm not buying him no matter what happens. <laughs> <Way> <laughs> um, off. But he, I think he will be. Have appointed. you been burned
1: by, by him in the past? Uh, I think I, th- I may have been. I
0: think when he was coming off that um, the first year after Cooper left and he had that really good World Club Challenge mm. game, I think I started with yeah. him and was yeah. extremely Same. disappointed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> until I managed to get rid of him, of course, dried up quickly. Good luck to anyone who does take the plunge. Yep. Uh, that's all our Twitter questions for today. That's our second podcast positional breakdown on halves, centres, wing, fullbacks. Final thoughts before we head into Teamless
1: Tuesday. I think next time one of us will try to remember to put out a, a shout out for Twitter questions. Earlier, earlier than ten minutes before the <laughs> podcast, we um, dropped the ball a little bit. It's Teamless Tuesday next week, so be I'm sure l- there'll be quite a few questions. A lot of
0: activity. Well, it'll be a huge podcast next week. There'll be a lot to talk through. There'll be surprises, shock selections, cheapies, all sorts of things to get through. Um, we'll prepare and we'll be back then with uh, a lot to talk about CNN.